Welcome to No Holding Back, the podcast, a shameless podcast spotlighting the highs and lows that creatives experience on their journey. I'm your host, Taylor T., and today we have a very special guest with us, sports agent Paul Derisel. For the sports lovers out there, football specifically, you've most likely heard about the $94 million contract extension for Tennessee Titan and defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons, which made him the second highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL. Well, there's someone who fought tooth and nail to make that happen, and you guessed it, it's Paul Derisel. So no holding back, fam. Get ready to be inspired as we explore the mind of Paul and hear about his remarkable journey, the challenges he's faced, and the lessons he's learned along the way as a dynamic sports agent. This is No Holding Back. All righty, Paul. So we're going to go from question number one. So for anyone that is listening, uh, please give us a little bit of background on who you are, what industry you work in, um, and a little bit about a little bit about what you do. Okay, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's, it's an honor to be here, and I'm grateful that you asked me to come on. Can you hear me pretty good? We good. I can hear you. I can hear you. We're good now. We're perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, but um, first thing, you know, most of the interviews I do before I even introduce myself, I'm gonna tell you where I'm from. Hey, I'm I'm from Eunice, Louisiana. You know, twelve thousand people, Fred Street to be specific. I'm not from Lafayette. I'm not from Opelousas. I'm not from around New Orleans. I'm from Eunice, Louisiana. So I'm from a place where, you know, they affectionately call me Lil Paul. And it's a lot of love there in that city. So before I introduce myself, that's what that's where I'm from. But uh, my name is Paul Derriso, and I'm an NFL agent. And I'm also uh, an attorney. I attended Southern University in Baton Rouge, the best HBCU. Uh, and I also attended Southern University Law Center for law school. That best HBCU thing, because you got a Howard grad sitting over here. So I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with number two. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm playing with you. It's all good. But uh, so I've uh, been a sports agent for for a good little minute, and you know I've been been blessed to have uh, great people around me. You know, I always tell people that I'm I'm blessed to be in a position to have great people around me who kind of help elevate me and help me walk into my purpose. Love that. So um, you spoke about being a sports agent. Uh, currently, how many how many players do you represent, um, you know, in your roster? Oh, okay. Great question. Uh, for me, you know, I have one guy, D. Anderson, who's in the USFL coming off a good season. He's an NFL talent for sure. Um, three guys that are in the NFL, Jare Jenkins, who went to LSU. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Uh, Tyree Phillips, who's with the New York Giants. And uh, Obviously, the, the, the client that everybody knows right now, although they're all super talented, is uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who plays for the Tennessee Titans, who, you know, I just had the opportunity to help uh, him negotiate one of the biggest contracts that is position in NFL history, you know, and uh, I, I'm excited to have had that opportunity. They're all my favorite clients. I love them all the same, just like, you know, just like a parent. Each one of, <laughs> each one of your kids has different personalities. They're all your favorite on a different day. So... Love them guys to death, and, I, and, I, and I'm blessed to just have the opportunity because it truly is a blessing. Yes, absolutely. And now, before you know, we get really candid right here. So, before we cut off on our first go round, you know, I positioned a question for you to um, 
we were talking about characteristics that you have for people that you want to represent because you are someone that embodies and speaks about having purpose and knowing your why when you are doing work. And that was a large part of the reason why you, you got to go so hard for, uh, for Mr. Simmons for his contract because you understood the purpose. Now, when you're seeking out talent and you have individuals that you want to represent, outside of their skill set, what are the other characteristics that you look for as an agent, and especially as a black agent? Because it's a little bit deeper than just being out here trying to represent and, you know, and have cut contracts and do things. So what are those characteristics for you? I mean, you said it at first, right? You just gotta be honest. They, they have to have some type of skill set that translates to the NFL. Otherwise we just run in a nonprofit, uh, <laughs> make, a, make a wish foundation. So all these guys are, are new to what they do. You know, right. let's just keep, let's just keep, you said there's no filter. You know, I think when we Sorry. shot it the first time for your Howard Wi-Fi start tripping, you know, my, oh. my, I, got, I got Southern Wi-Fi. I was actually telling you, like you said, 30 minutes. And I was this, like, 30 minutes? Your Wi-Fi like messed up my couple of jokes. A couple of people would have laughed. You know what I'm saying? It's cool though. But oh. I would say that aside from football, you, you care a lot about a guy's football character too. You know, if you watch that film, are they front runners? Like how are they playing when they losing or when things aren't going right? That'll tell you a lot about the type of player they are. Like how do they battle with adversity? Just from a football character standpoint, are they a leader? Do they motivate their teammates? Are they team guys? Like those things matter. How are they in the weight room? You know, you talk to people. I, I have enough relationships on campuses that I have a good idea of who you are as a person, right? And then as far as just the, those relationships, you want people that love the game. And, and who have a passion for it. Like their why is, like everybody has a different why. Some people want to obtain generational wealth for their family. Some people grew up in unfortunate circumstances. You just learn as much as you can about that young man. Uh, you want high character people, people that ain't going to get on Twitter and pop off and say nothing crazy, right? Mm -hmm. People who uh, care about their communities, people who want to give back. Every one of my guys, you know, they care about where they're from and they'll do anything to that end to make sure that they're elevating those who came behind them. And, you know, obviously from the business side, you want people that are loyal to you, that that to the point that they're going to stand by you, you know, get top of that second, third contract. Other people can get in their ear. You want those people that that's going to ride for you and that, and that add that you add value to them, but at the same time, they value you and they don't just treat you like, Oh, that's just my agent. You know, I prefer God, you know, I go to church, we're gonna spend time off and I like I care. Relationships matter to me too. Because I mean anybody can have a hundred, two hundred clients, right? For me, I want quality over quantity. Now, now granted, I do want to get more clients. Let's let's keep it, you know, like <laughs> time you talk to me, you know, yeah. I'm gonna be in doubled up. But what I'm saying is just <laughs> you wanna build with the right type of pieces. And now I think you know, early on in your career, you just try to sign whoever. You're just like, man, I just got to get somebody signed. I just got to make a splash. Mm. Now I'm very selective about how I want to move and who I want to move with in, in this next phase of my career. So I hope yeah, I answered You did. You absolutely did. Do you feel that you have that mindset? Um, did you always have that mindset when you started doing the work that you did? Or was it like a trial and error? You had to experience something in order for you to realize, okay, look, I got to be a little bit more intentional about who I choose, who I want to align myself with, and who I want to help get to, you know, whatever their goalpost is um, within their career. Uh, absolutely. It's trial and error, right? 
Jay-Z got a line, said, you gotta, gotta, you gotta go through pain before you can become you. So, you know, all those times in those careers where you just don't really have a connection with guys, uh, you know, you just see that these people aren't in alignment with you. And, you know, I'm a Christian before anything, right? So I do believe that God is going to allow you to go through certain things and move along certain paths. Certain people are just seasonable. Certain people, you're not supposed to be within the duration of that, of their career. But in every loss or every relationship going awry, there's an opportunity to learn and there's growing. You take that, what you got from that relationship. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, a relationship guy, but in that football relationship, and you can apply it and you know the longer you do it you can you get that discernment you can talk to a guy 15 20 minutes like nah this dude is about the bag he's just about the money he's gonna go to whatever agency give him the most money or he's not gonna be locked in he's not gonna be able to accept constructive criticism you learn all of these type things over time i've been doing this so long that i would say that my eye and my ability to navigate and, and understand people i would put it up there at, at a very high level now yeah, so um, it sounds like you, you've been working within this industry for quite some time. Um, I'm really curious to know what inspired you to want to become a sports agent and um, develop yourself in the career path that you have. What was that defining moment that inspired inspired you to go ahead and take a chance on this? Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, a lot of times when we're growing up, we just say we want to do stuff because that's what other people want us to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember like I wanted to be a lawyer because I watched my mom and them watching the Johnny Cochran, the OJ case. And it's like you would be good at a lawyer. So sometimes we take on the path and we live out what other people's vision for ourselves is. And, you know, and I'm blessed that I did, you know, take the path of being an attorney. I'm, I'm still getting checks from it. Uh, Y'all call Paul. Uh, I, you know, I was had the opportunity to work at a big firm and, and kind of bolster my resume. But when you know, you know. You know, I'm sitting here at the firm. I come out making a very good amount of money at 24, 25 years old, but I wasn't happy. And I know people look at me like, how you cannot be, you cannot be happy. Billable hours, all of those type things. Now, I knew that I always wanted to get into sports agency. Like, I, I just love the game. Since I was a little kid, I just love football. Like on Madden, I don't know if you've heard of Madden. Yeah, I'm being, that's me being very sexist. I'm sure you play Madden. I but, have, I have. Yeah. I, thank you for making sure. My bad, my bad ladies, do not cancel me. I'm not on no Kevin Samuels. I'm sorry, girls play Madden too. Women play Madden. So play Madden, being fascinated with the salary cap, being fascinated with numbers. You know, my mom taught high school. So all the high school football players were my first heroes. They used to come to the house before games with their jerseys on. I'm just like, bro. And I used to just always know how to talk to them. Like, hey, bro, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like, I just always loved the game. So you know, it came time for me to to take those steps, go take the exam and do those things. And, you know, I, I just had told myself, like, this is what I'm going to do. And if I fail at it, cool, but I'm not going to live the rest of my life wondering. Or, you know, sometimes there's a safe haven in saying I could, but I didn't try. Right. Like I could be I could be watching every NFL draft for the rest of my life and be like, man, I could have did this. And there's a safety in that. I just had to say, you know what, bro, I'm going to bet on myself. And I'm not going to say bet on myself. I'm going to bet on, on God's belief that he put in me and that mm -hmm. going to allow all these things to come to fruition. And he tested the hell out of me. I mean, the heck out of me, sorry. He tested the heck out of me to see if I really wanted this or if I really wanted it. But I'm a firm believer that he wouldn't have put this dream in my heart 
kind of like Joseph, kind of like you read the Bible, right? This is filled with, with people who had a vision that God put in their heart. They got tested along the way. People said they wasn't good enough, but they never, they might have deviated from that path. They might have got knocked off that path, but what God got for you, bro, and I'm not trying to turn into uh, Tony Evans here, but whatever he got for you is, is going to be for you. I promise you that. And that's, and I welcome all that. And I, and I love that point of view and you speaking about how you grew up and um, you may, you've been able to make some history within the NFL and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I hope you do. Cause I look, I'm like, man, come on now. Let's talk about it now. We will. <laughs> we will, but I gotta let people know who you are, where you came from. So we can finally hook them at the end and they can know. I, I see what you're doing. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So walk with me here. So, um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious about the journey you had to take to arrive to where you are now. You know, how would you describe, um, you know, the road that you had to walk in order for you to get to where you are now as a black agent, as someone that graduated from an HBC, HBCU and you are from a small town and shout out to Louisiana, my family's from Homa, so I know all about you know, coming from there and trying to make it out. But um, with you being someone that had a has a very untraditional walk within the industry that you work in, what was that journey like for you to get to where you are now? Uh, it, it was, you know, you can have those those moments of doubt. I'd be lying to you if I told you I always believed in myself. Uh, you know, there was many nights, you know, I've been an agent since 2013, 2014, right? My career started with a kid from my hometown not signing with me. And everybody, you know, knows about it from a small town, right? And, and you know, it's embarrassing. He's like, damn, you can't sign nobody from the crib. You're never going to make it in this business. Because that was pretty much the reason why I hurry up and took the exam. Because I figured he would come out a year early. And so, you know, I'm, you know, that happened. And it hurt. And I was filled with bitterness. And I was mad. And I'm just like, this is effed up. I, I ain't going to lie to you. And I tell him to his face. He and I, we talk a bunch now. But I, of course. I, I, I'm watching this draft, like, hoping like that's messed up i should be there you know that 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 negativity look then you you know you get into the comparison you start every year is happening and i ain't signing i ain't gonna say nothing but undrafted free agents but i ain't getting nobody in the draft it's like i'm not it's like and i want everybody else to see me succeed and i keep failing right in front with the world watching because this ain't no business where you know like at your job you don't perform they people ain't privy to seeing your reviews or your performance review right Every year, like, okay, this is gonna be the year. We kind of like LeBron early in his career. When is this Negro gonna win a ring? When is he gonna get a chip? So you start pressing, then you start maybe signing players that you shouldn't sign, and you 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 just you start thinking irrationally, you get away from your purpose. And I think early on in my career, I kind of fell to that. Like I just, you know, you start signing, making irrational decisions, you start, you know, not being the person at home that you should be with your family. Like all these things, man, I can look back on that. Like I look back on the person that I was early on my career and I'm ashamed of myself in a lot of ways. You know, it's just like, bro, you better than that. You know, and uh me, it was it was it was it was dark times going to the combine with no clients, but you gotta go to the NFL combine to, to go to the to the agent uh meeting and you know you're sitting around the room, you see David Wooligana, you see all these high level agents, right? They don't even know you. Like, you know, and then, you know, you get bitter, you get jealous, and you wonder, like, why, why not me, God? Like, why, bro, like, I'm better than these people, right? And you start, to, you feel that way, and, and you know, 
times I cried on the plane. It's like doubt with myself. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it's, it was hard. But the one thing, the genius thing that I did, I don't know if I was crazy. I don't know if I was delusional. Like them girls would be saying they're gonna get a husband. Sometimes, you know, I just, <laughs> I just I, it, it just wouldn't go away. Like even when I had, when I finally got drafted client. In 2018, went second round. You think you've arrived, but when it gets time for that guy to get to his second contract and me to finally make a make a step, he sent me a text like, "Hey, bro, I'm getting another agent." So I got like my story, man. There's so many ebbs and flows to it. From you know that like get get knocked down, get back up, get knocked like just keep getting off that mat. And it, it, it was it was hard, you know, to fight depression. You know, you start drinking more than you should. You, I mean, I've gone through it, but I, but I will say this: I think all of those experiences has made me a better agent because I can talk to my players from a different space now. You know, I had a player, Tyree Phillips, he got cut from Ravens, like released, like, "Hey, bro, you done?" And you know, I, I was able to talk him through that because I've been to that dark space. I know what it feels like to feel like a failure and to feel like, so I realized now, like I couldn't see it then, everything that I've gone through. And I know sometimes somebody watching this, like every time you hear these people with this success story, they all tell this story by hitting rock bottom. This is a real thing. This is a real thing that like, sometimes you're gonna be the only person. That, my daddy called my mama telling my mama, when he's just go ahead and use his law degree get back to making his money. I know he said it, you know, my mama told me, but he loves me. And, you know, sometimes people who are on the outside, they can't see. Sometimes that vision, you're the only person in the room that can see it. Sometimes I'm not making it up. Like sometimes you're the only person and God ain't gonna let it go away from you either. He's gonna just keep on being in your ear. Like Mm -hmm. every year, even when I wanted to hang it up, I couldn't. So, um, you know, I think I think there's something in that. Right. Because today, because of social media and because of, you know, the how fast paced everything moves now, people think careers are microwavable. Right. And it just happens when you want it to happen, happens overnight. I would say because you went through such hardship of trying to build your career and you went through those dark those dark moments. How long, how long did you have to fight through all of that and really just stay the course? Because a lot of younger people think their career is supposed to happen as soon as they decide they want to be that thing, not realizing that in order for you to maintain longevity in your career, you do have to weather the storm. And no matter how long it might take, as long as you keep your eye on the prize and on your goal, you'll get there. So, you know, in that, how important do you think it is to weather that, and then how long did you go through that season in your life to, before you got to the other side? Well, I mean, I, I saw everything during that period. I saw from I saw making six figures. I saw sleeping on my cousin's couch, right? I mm. saw everything. I, and then my thing is like I've seen every side of it. But to say that how long does it take? That that kind of makes it seem like it's over. I still think that this journey is ongoing. I don't feel like I've made it. I don't feel like I I'm I'm happy. I'm thankful, but. I know how this can go. So I would say to get to this point of perceived success in this business, mm-hmm. you know, it's been 10 years, you know, it's been 10 years. And, and it was funny that like, you know, when the announcement dropped about, you know, the deal that I, I was able to negotiate, uh, you had some people was like, wow, where did this guy come from? Right? Like people who ain't never knew of me, like, 
Like, you know, I'm like, wow, who's J- Jeff Simmons agent look like J. Cole? That's crazy. Like, you're getting all these comments, right? And then you got other people, like, like my frat brothers and people who are close to me, like my boy George, who's sitting back here enjoying his Founders Day. But um, I'm not Founders Day, National Convention. Sorry about that. Right. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like, you got other people, like, it's about time. Bro, been grinding. He deserved his shit stuff. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's 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 taken a while, like ten years to to get to this point. But I don't feel like I've made it. I just feel like I'm right on schedule. I feel like, you know, I got that first ring under my belt. Now it's time to go. Keep keep elevating and keep winning. Yeah. So now we're gonna move on to your work and the things that you have achieved and accomplished. And um, I do want to start out with understanding why your line of work is so important to you now. After you've done um, you've done the the things that you've done with Mr. Simmons, and you have a, a, now you're building your roster of clientele. Why do you think it is so important for you as a person to achieve these things and continue to work within the business after you've seen your work come full circle and seen what you can do? I mean, I think it's important on several levels, right? I, I'm hundred uh, percent. I'm not blind to the fact that being a black agent in this business, you're standing on the shoulders of giants like Eugene Parker and people who came before you, right? You're standing up because of what all that work that was done in a time where black agents were outliers. You realize that you owe that to those who came before you to do good work. I, I know that. So it's important for me to put out a good deal because it is helping the next person too. Like, right, there's a lot of, I just had an opportunity to speak to the HBCU experience shit. It's a bunch of young guys coming to this, young guys and young women coming into this business. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's incumbent on me and Tori Dandy and David Mulligetta and the Nicole Lins and Vincent Taylors, all of us to continue to do good work, to make it a little easier for them to where black agents become the norm. And it's not like, oh, you got a black agent. Whereas it's like, nah, you know, like we doing good work, but I also look at it from through the lens of what it means for me coming from an HBCU. Because all those names I just named, right? While I got the utmost respect for them and I love them, like at the end of the day, Southern University, like I'm the one that didn't come from an HBCU. I, I've done a lot of research and I, you know, I'm a pioneer in that aspect, not to like toot my own Southern Mark, Marching Jukebox horn, but. I'm, I'm the one from the HBCU, so I realized what that matter, what that means Absolutely. to a, a little kid that went go to Jackson State, a fam you, uh, a Bethune Cookman. That you know, like when they look at black agents and SWAC agents and HBCU agents, my name comes up now. So I realized that a lot of this is bigger than just me. It's bigger for people from a small town. I'm from a town of twelve thousand people, man. Somewhere in Eunice, there's a little kid that's looking at what you know we've been able to accomplish and it don't seem impossible because they've seen somebody do it. Can you hear me? Am I no, I uh, it's for my sister who will never walk, right? Who was in a wheelchair her whole life. It's me fulfilling and doing certain things that maybe she would, would have been able to do it and couldn't. It's, it's way bigger than just me. Now, granted, a yeah. lot of it, there is a certain level of, of pride and happiness that I have in myself, right? That self-validation is like, I told you, I told you, like I, I knew it, you know, but it, it's, it's, I realize how much bigger it is than me and how much in alignment it is with God's purpose, right? You know, I don't drink, 
I go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. A lot of my success, I can tell you this is, there's a direct correlation in my mind between me getting right with God and the things that have happened over these last two years. And just showing the discipline, putting in the work. So, so many factors, so many things that have contributed, so many people have inspired me, so many people I feel the need to, to keep going for. I'm also wondering too, as as you're mentioning, you know, your reasons why this work is so important to you. But I also wonder if on the other end, these companies, right? Um, I'm I'm not too familiar with the other side of the business, but it also shows that these companies, when you do hire an agent or you know, whatever have you, when you do walk in, it's not going to be abnormal for someone to be from an HBCU. Because as much as it's important for your family and for the people that you represent, I'm wondering if there's an, like an other, an opposite effect with the other side, um, you know, the NFL or someone recognizing that HBCUs are just as worthy of opportunities and internships or whatever have you as any other school that's within the nation. Oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. I, I, I think so. I think you just keep, same way with the NFL, right? The, the, the more guys from the HBCU that do well, from small school guys, it has a trickle-down effect because they're going back to that school again, right? So I do realize that it's on me to be the consummate professional to do good work uh, because I want to make sure that I don't give them a reason to not go back or to knock my school or to knock a guy that didn't come from Harvard or all these places. So I very much don't realize what's in the state and, and what I mean. It's also on me to speak up for people when I'm in those rooms that they might otherwise not have the ability to be in. Case in point, I met with the Titans at uh, the combine to discuss Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's contract. I showed up in a Southern hoodie <coughs> and that oh like an unk, you know, like going to the tailgate. And that was very much so intentional. You know, I met the combine, Ian Rappaport, all these people like, nah, bro, this is what's up. I'm from this is where I am from. Like this, and I'm aware like a badge. So yes, it's it's important for me to do that work they see, but it's also important for me to when I get to where I'm trying to go to never not mention, hey man, this Southern, you know, our law center, we have a sports and entertainment league association. They're doing great things. Hey, the uh the boot camp is coming. Would you like to come speak at Southern? Like I want, I realize like I have to be that point guard that kind of helps set people up. Cause even though people didn't necessarily do that for me. I always wanted to be that type of leader, like, cause my legacy is not necessarily what, what I've done. Is how have I helped set the table for my dogs and the people behind me and inspire? That's really your tree. Like, I'm looking forward to the people that come up off the Paul Derrissa agent tree, cause that's gonna mean more. Because I had an opportunity to help shape, help mold, help. Like, that's what's up to me. Like that, that matters. Absolutely. And so, you know, as we're talking about legacy and um, and, you know, staking your claim here within your industry, you were a monumental part of Jeffrey Simmons having a shot at generational wealth, mm -hmm. making him the second highest paid defensive tackle. Now, I am not a sports girl. I'm interested in stories, but I hope I did get that correct. Second highest paid defensive tackle. Right. No, you got it right. You got it right. Here Period. So take me through your thoughts and emotions that you had that day, um, you know, as the ink dried on that contract mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's done. Everything uh, that you fought for is done. Take me through that day. April 12th. I'll never forget it. Right. April 12th. Um, 
we pulled up myself, Jason Hatcher, Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, I remember like, you know, how like certain days you remember every detail of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure, you know, if you talk to like people who play as a fraternity or whatever, right? They can remember what they ate for breakfast the day they crossed, what song was on the radio. Like I remember having my, my suit laid out like the night before, like, you know, I flew into Nashville and, um, you know, to go to the Titans facility and see, it was like a celebration. You see like contract extension on the TV. You see all that, his whole family was there. His mom, the whole family was there, bro. And it was just like, for me, the emotion hit me. I, I'll be honest with you, but not for the reasons you might think Like it wasn't, I didn't, get president think about my journey and what i've been through but like i told you i thought about that kid that grew up in Macon, mississippi jeffrey tackling an oak tree in the backyard sharing a room with his brother for his whole life you know not growing up mama working two three jobs and then you know to see those tears come out his eye when he said you know we ain't we ain't got to struggle no more like that's your why right it's like for me as an agent it wasn't about all the lists and all what it meant for me. I was like, bro, I helped a young man who looked like me, who grew up not in the best situations, secure generational wealth, which is crazy to me, you know. And obviously, you know, meeting with the Titans GM and him him telling me like, hey, bro, you did a good, you did good work, you did good business. That man, you know, all the texts I got from everybody, that was cool. But like at the core of it all, I was just happy for my for my dog, for my brother, right? And you know they say in this business you're supposed to just be 100 player agent i sometimes blur those lines like i look at jeffrey like a close friend i love him like and i know that i wouldn't have been in this position he could have chosen any agent in the world right everybody was calling him. everybody they was in his dms like he was an instagram model right mm-hmm. but he, he stuck by me he believed in me and, and i ever grateful for for him for that so i just had every emotion i i saw six-year-old me when my mama took me to the first 49ers game and i'm getting emotional just thinking about it you know all the time people told me no all the time people told me i wasn't good enough and it's like this was validation and it, it was also i just couldn't do nothing but thank god like think about romans 8 28 jeremiah 29 11. i felt like he rewarded me for for what I for, for for my obedience, but he was also cautioning me not to get complacent and feel like mm-hmm. I've arrived. So, I, every emotion, bro. I, er, everyone, and you know, for my daughter to text me and like, Dad, I saw you on TV. You know, as a parent, I don't know. You know, all my parents here who are watching this, they know. It hit different when your when your kid is proud, because that's really who you're doing it for. Like every time I ain't give up, I was like, man, I got a little girl. Not only is she looking at me, but she might be with a man one day and she's gonna look at that man like say, bro, my daddy ain't never fall. Like, like I, I'm like, I know you're gonna go through it right now, but you gotta be a dog, you know? So all those emotions, man. And like you bringing this up to me made me want to start crying. And you know, they already say light skinned people be in their feelings. So I got to move on. <laughs> well, we allowed to be here. Go ahead and take your cry. Do you need some tissue? No, you go see, ahead. Like, you trying to play with me. No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with you. I am playing. But, you know, I, I appreciate the rawness in that answer because people think this stuff is like it just happens, but doesn't they don't understand the work that goes into it. And I believe it took you three months, right, to get to the end of that contract, to get that signature on that paper, right? Three months. Absolutely. Three, three months of going back and forth, back and forth. What was the most shocking aspect of that entire process for you? 
I can imagine like you were met with new hurdles and new things along the way. So what was the most daunting thing that you ran across? You were like, dang, I didn't even know it was like this. I would say that's a great question. I think the most daunting task of it is just how smart the other side is. Like Ooh, It seems like every point you make, they got a counter. Really. It is like every time you think you got one, nah, but. So I think, you know, like when you ain't never done it, you just sit here and think like, I'm going to send you this piece of paper. You're going to send it back. We just going to like, no, it's a lot that goes into it just from APY, which means average, you know, annual per year salary, right? Average per year, annual per average per year. I'm sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. Just the structure and the nuance that comes with a deal, right? You know, you think you prepare. That's like studying game film. But Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan till you get punched in the mouth. And I think my moment of getting punched in the mouth was when they sent back the second deal. I'd sent all this work on like their first deal. I'd put in all this work on putting together a, a, a great counter offer number two. And the, and the offer they sent back actually went down on money and on guarantees. And I'm just like, bro, how? Right? It's just the posturing that uh that, that was the most shocking thing. Like you can't show your hand, it's gonna be a flow to the deal. You got to do your homework. They're going to do their homework for sure. And, and I think just realizing at the end of the day, their job is to save that owner as much money as possible. And my job is to get my player as much money as possible. And once you just break it down to that and let your emotions get out of it, I think that's the key, which I'm going to be better in the next deals that I do. Like in assessing it, I remember just getting in my feelings. Like I'm like, man, I'm not talking back to them for a week. But I just had to realize like, hey, bro, their job – their owner wants them to save as much money as possible. It don't mean that they don't think he's a good player. It don't mean that, like, they don't value him. We're not going to win this deal. And I think that's the thing. You think you're just going to go in there and hit a home run. It's going to be some concessions involved in any deal you make. You're not going to win every deal. You might win on the term and lose on the signing bonus. I've learned that now. And I got – I became a way better agent over that period. I, I look forward to the opportunity to do it again. I'm different. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> I can imagine, you know, and this is like, this is no small contract. This is something that is like, you know, life changing. And you didn't say the numbers, though. You didn't say the numbers. I'm disappointed. In you not saying give, me, give me the numbers. What were the numbers? I mean, I want, it was a four year extension, 94 okay. million, 66 million guaranteed. When I like guaranteed, meaning like today, you know what I mean? Like it's there. So, you know, I mean, that's you know, put, like Birdman, you got to put some respect on my numbers now. No, I respect. I respect. And let me let me tell you this. When it comes to football language, right, I am not a not a sports girl. But what I was attracted to about your story was that in order for you to do what you did, you had there's a certain level of grit and there's a certain level of like never give up that's in that. And that is something that somebody, no matter what industry, is going to need. For me, I work in marketing. Absolutely have to know. What does it take for someone to get to the other side? So don't shoot me if I don't know the terminology, if I don't know the numbers. I'm glad that you, you know, you're able to preface that and let people know who, you know, who who are absolutely like, who are like me, who who see the headline, but they're like, what is what does that mean? Oh, that's a big deal. And they can take something away from your story, you know. So I apologize. No, I apologize. it's all right. You know, I'm going to let you know. You're good people. I just, you know, I had to throw that in. Like, 
I feel like like my PR people yeah. and the people working, they feel like you don't talk your stuff enough. Uh, so I, I had to make sure I said that. Now I didn't want to get the text from Jermaine in a little bit. Be like, man, I told you, bro. You, I didn't want to get fussed. So hi, Jermaine. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm glad you said the numbers because that is that is absolutely important in all of this. But um, what I'm also curious about in all this, you had to go, you had to do the back and forth. And, you know, what did you learn about yourself through that process? What characteristics do you feel you had to really lean into in order for you to get to the other side of that contract? Because like you said, you the emotional aspect, if you would have leaned into that, who knows what have you know what could have happened in in limbo? But what are the professional characteristics that you really had to get in touch with, and let that be your guiding light through all of this while people are trying to play, you know, play all day with the money? Um, it's, it's, I I've had a luxury, you know, being a, an attorney for a very long time. You know, um, yeah. you, you kind of used to having to perform in high pressure situations. Right, you know, like I've sit across the table, hundred millions of dollars at stake in mediations and things like that, and working at a big firm, having to build twenty one hundred hours. So, one of the main things is just how do you manage and navigate through pressure? Like, because pressure, you can look at it like pressure gonna break me, or I'm gonna look at it like this is a privilege. This is what I prayed for. This is what I asked for. So, I'm a, I'm gonna go hoop. I'm gonna believe in myself. I found out that I can navigate through pressure. I found that when things don't go according to the actual script, like you write it out, like, hey, I'm gonna send them this offer. They're gonna come back with the offer I want. We may go back and forth one, once or twice more, and then bam, we're gonna get the deal done. Nah, it ain't, it ain't gonna be like that. I had to learn how, you know, when things don't go right, how to adapt, how to read people. You know what I mean? How to understand what their mindset is, how to understand the other side, right? And that can go with any business, right? Whether it's, no matter what, like, what is their objective? So I had to put on my, my, NFL owner, my NFL general manager had to, to understand what space they were operating from. And before I could fully understand, you know, what we wanted, I had to kind of understand what they were thinking too, so that we can kind of meet at that at that uh, midpoint. Uh, I learned that my attention to detail is key. You know, hours of research, looking mm -hmm. through defensive tackle contracts for the last 20 years, the understanding the market, understanding what everybody else is doing with respect to third year guarantees, when do the roster bonuses activate, all these, and I done all of that, right? There's gonna be a level of grunt work that you're gonna have to do. I did that, nobody wanna do that, that's not sexy. You watch Jerry Maguire, you don't never see Jerry Maguire going through actual contract negotiations. You just look up and the money was done. So there's so much work that goes into it in the detail and loving your craft and wanting to be the best and pride in your work. So, I learned I was more patient than I thought. I struggled with patience a lot. Uh, my daughter, anybody tell you that. I learned that I was more patient. I learned that I didn't panic and allow them to dictate how to deal when. I, I just played the game at my own pace. All my hoopers know what I'm talking about. I'm going to let nobody rush me. Like, nah, I'm we're going to move how we're going to move. We're going to send this counter back when we're ready. We're going to dictate the pace of it. So it was just so many things, man, that – you know, it wouldn't wouldn't fit in this pod, but I, I learned uh, a lot about my resilience. Things that I already knew about myself, but you know, what what hasn't been tested can't be trusted. So until you have until that is tested, you don't know. You know, like you could say, I'm lift. I can lift all this weight, all this weight, all this weight. You lift and you doing all these practice reps. 
till the time to really lift some weight, you don't know if that actually like, dang, I, I can really do this. I really was getting better all this time. I really understand how to talk to people in a professional standpoint and be diplomatic and stern at the same time, right? All these things, man. And once you go through that process, you take that, you put in your bag. And what I did was after all this whole deal was done, I gave myself a grade. I wrote where I could have been better. I wrote what I did good, what I could have done. And I also reached out to the Titans. Like I, I hit up the general manager. I'm like, hey, bro, how could I have been better? What could I do? You know, $94 million is cool. I still feel like I could have got 105. You know, that's how I always feel about myself. So I, I learned also that maybe I have this insatiable appetite to be the greatest ever. Like it's no, it's not good enough. I'm thankful that God gave me an opportunity, but I feel like I'm the one. And I, I don't want nobody to take this the wrong way, but I feel like I got all the tools, the acumen, the ability, the any other word that start with an A to to be to be to be the best person in this business. And that's how I feel. And I'm gonna keep working to that end. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in order for you to be the best, you have to feel that way about yourself. It's like how rappers walk around and they, you know, and they they flex their, you know, and pop their collar like they you have to feel like that no matter where you are within your industry, you know, and I think that's a great attribute. So don't ever feel like, you know, you don't want no one to take it the wrong way. They could take it how they want to. But, you know, you walking like that is the reason why you're doing the work that you're doing, because you firmly believe that. And so for someone who could be looking at you and watching you make your moves the way you are, that's a younger millennial or someone who is within Gen Z, you know, um, what is a piece of advice that you could probably give them to kind of do this walk and do what you're doing? Um, even though you are just getting started, what is something that you would tell them if they ever approached you and had to ask for a piece of advice? Uh, they ask me, they ask me a lot. Uh, I tell people all the time, I say, uh, make sure that what you're doing is for you. Because in them dark moments, if it's like, you know, it's like, it's your dream and it's your purpose. And you feel like you walking in what you want to do. Because if I'd have been living my parents' dream of being a sports agent or somebody else's dream, I'd have quit when it got hard. Because you know what? Because it wasn't my personal, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. So I, I would say take self-inventory and make sure this is really what you want to do. And, and know what reasons are you in it for and be honest with yourself. Like people don't, a lot of times, don't want to keep it a buck with themselves. You know, you let other people, you, you watch podcasts and you watch all this, you let other people create a narrative and you just uh, accept it and run with it. Like for me, I was, I would tell people like, bro, like make sure this is who you want to be and what you want to do. Understand that adversity is going to happen and it's how you deal with it. And I know it's easy to say when you ain't going through it, but I didn't been through everything. I ain't had money, then lost relationships, then lost girls. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I'm like, shorty, shorty low. I didn't done it all. I didn't seen it all, right? So I would tell that, that young person to understand that there's going to be some adversity, to build a relationship with God or whoever they believe in, because you're going to need something outside of yourself to believe in in order to sustain uh, success, have a good circle of people around you. Like my boy back there on that couch, George, you know, he he legitimately championed me and believed in me when other people didn't. Sometimes you need that support system behind you. You can say you don't. People talk about I'm a self-made, no such thing. Uh, you're gonna need people who you can go to and vent and be yourself and, and show vulnerability. Cause in this world and in this business, a lot of times you can't show that. Like in this business, you got to have the people like, bro, I'm nervous as shit about this deal. I don't know what I'm going to do. Have a good circle of people who legitimately want to see you win, not because of 
like what they might gain from it. Their gain is that happiness that they see you fulfilling what you want to do. And, you know, for the men out there, I say, have a good woman with you. Have somebody who love you unconditionally. Like, it's, it's cold out there. Straight up, it's cold out there. No, no, I'm playing. <laughs> Ain't nothing outside, bro. Ain't nothing outside but headaches. But I, I would say that, and, and last thing I'll say, love your crap and continue to try to get better. I just did one of the biggest deals in NFL history, and I'm enrolling in a Harvard business class on negotiations because I'm like, it's that relentless pursuit to keep elevating. And when you do get to where you're trying to go, but don't forget to to help bring people with you and help build your own network because that's really going to be your network. The people that you bring with you are your peers or people who are with you, like spending all that time worrying about going to dinner with Jay-Z. Nah, I'm cool. I'd rather, I'd rather go to lunch with you. You know what I mean? Like, we spend so much time trying to surround ourselves with celebrities when, like, D1 is one of my favorite rappers. I'd rather go to brunch with D1 than go to all-white Jay-Z party to take some boomerangs with people who just talk about the grind, the grind. Like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm cool on that. So you take you taking the 500K, not the dinner with Jay-Z. Bro, I'm taking, I'm going to lunch with you and Rob. I'm chilling. Like, that's yeah. I'm good on all that. Yes. So we have come to the end. I have one last question for you. Don't say nothing crazy, though. No. no, it's nothing crazy. Nothing like, crazy. Would you want to be a dolphin or a rabbit? Absolutely know. not. Uh-uh. Right. This is nothing crazy. <laughs> so um, I'm going to list three words, right? I'm going to say them. And I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you think about your life and your career when you hear them. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't know. I feel like this is a setup. This is why I should have asked what you was going to ask for you. It's, hey, not it's not a setup. The first word is legacy. What's the first thing that comes to mind? My daughter. My daughter. Beautiful. Beautiful. Longevity. I think about longevity. I think is it one word? I can only say one word. No, you can you can give me a sentence. You can give me longevity. Yeah. I think about having done enough in this business where I can build a state-of-the-art athletic facility, after-school type, just a super building for my city where, you know, the kids can go work out. They can have access to iPads, can can get free lunch, free meals. And, you know, obviously athletics is going to attract them there because, you know, ain't nobody just going to want to go do after-school, but I want to use athletics as a conduit to getting these kids into engineering and the other thing. And I'm gonna just be that guy that's gonna keep it a band. Like say, bro, your mama five two, your daddy five four. You're not going to the NBA. Let's but but let's I want to use athletics as the attractive the thing that attracts them there. Next thing you know, everybody eating healthy. Next thing you know, they doing ACT prep. So when I think about longevity, I think about doing enough in this business to where I can build something for my city in my grandfather's name, Charles P. Love Jr. Uh, I think like something about the Charles P. Love. It's going to be something dope. And it's going to be a place that, you know, when my kids, kids, kids can, when they come back to Eunice, they're going to know that, you know, this started with, with, with Big Pop. You know what I mean? There you go. And last word, you touched on a little bit earlier, but the last word is pressure. Pressure. Um, I said it earlier, but I guess I got to come up with something new. 
pressure, <laughs> not the group that made the song Splacavelli for all you old people at home. But uh, <laughs> pressure, to me, I, I think pressure reveals character. Who you are in, in those moments when it's tough, when it's hard, when, when, when you know, your girl done broke up with you, you ain't got no money, and you know, you, you don't know what's gonna happen. The pressure reveals character, and then like I really feel like you, a man really finds out, or woman, sorry, a man or woman really finds out who they are in those moments of pressure and how you respond. And I think in the midst of that pressure, the reason you build good habits is so that in those moments of that pressure, you're able to revert back to the character. Like you know what I mean? Like for example, in a step show, you do all that practice, and bright lights come on. You really don't remember the step no more. It's just muscle memory at that point. You can ask any athletes, like, I don't know how I did it. It's just I've done it so much. So I think the good habits that you build, it helps to determine, it helps to make the pressure actually dissipate. Because in those moments, you ain't going to be as nervous because you're like, I trust my work. I trust my habits. I prepared for this moment. I visualize this level of success. I ain't even tripping about it. Love that. And now we have officially come to the end, Paul. I want to thank you so much, um, you know, for coming on No Holding Back. I think um, this is a great decision for me to have this chat with you because as you're talking, I'm also learning as someone that's, you know, having her walk um, within my industry that I'm in. And so I hope that this is also a blessing to someone else. And just for you to also recount like your story and and know that you have something to say and you have a story here that you got to keep talking about because uh, what you're doing, you're a very rare breed, you know, um, and you've been blessed with a platform to start building and, you know, keep going within your industry. So I love no. what you're doing. I appreciate you for, uh, for taking the time. 48 minutes. We did go over a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to be building you for the next 18 minutes. It's, it's, it's a fee, you know? Oh you know, no. Yeah, the interest will not be. My agent negotiated actually, actually boy about contract. it. But, 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 I did but, hear but, your name is contract killer. So yeah, I, ch <laughs> I changed it. You know, don't bring up my past. Don't bring up my past. <laughs> but but I wanted to uh you know before you go, I just wanted to uh yeah. thank you. I did, you know, a lot of times people come on these shows and the people, you know, the host is like, Thank you for coming, but thank you for having me, you know. Uh I believe that in these moments where you get to recount and talk about your story, I think it, you're giving me an opportunity and an avenue to help other people, right? And also giving me an opportunity to like, you know, sometimes you tell the story like, dang, I didn't realize it. It gives, sometimes telling the story gives you an opportunity to appreciate it. Cause you like, man, I forgot I went through that. So I, I really appreciate you and, and what you're doing with your platform. And, you know, I, I, I'm appreciative of it. So thank you a whole bunch, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. As always, I want to thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting No Holding Back, the podcast. Every time I sit down and I interview someone, my intention is always for one of you to gain something from that conversation, and I hope I've done just that. If you are not already, please give No Holding Back, uh, the podcast, a follow to keep up with what we'll be doing and who we'll be chatting with next. So until next time... Peace, y'all, and have a beautiful day.